At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up guys, welcome back to another episode. So I'm out on site recording from my phone, just taking a quick break here. And I thought I'd slam this information in for you because it's it's some good info. I tried to get an interview scheduled up, but scheduling didn't work out because the person had to work late. And that's, that's very commendable. You're working late. Um, you got to pay the bills. You know what I mean? You got to take care of that stuff first. So we'll reschedule that at another time. So what I thought I'd do now is go over some refrigerant troubleshooting. Now, I recently posted a chart that basically had some different scenarios and then a bunch of arrows up, down, and like discharge, suction, superheat, subcooling, amp draw. Those things were in it with up and down arrows and what to look for if you have these different scenarios. So I wanted to go through the three main ones that I, I find, and that is overcharge, undercharge, and liquid line restriction. I wanted to go through those um, spend a few minutes on each one and just talk about them. Overcharge is it's a lot of times is, is pretty obvious. Undercharge and liquid line restriction they get confused a lot, and that's why I chose to tackle those two uh, because there's there's a there's a distinct difference between the two of them that you need to look out for. And if you don't look out for it, you can confuse them. So I wanted to talk about that real quick on this little short micro podcast. So let's get to that. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know It All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Okay, so the first one we're going to talk about here is overcharge. All right, so we have our discharge suction, superheat subcooling, and amp draw. Those were the the five readings that were on the chart. So let's start with discharge. This discharge is going to go up. Okay, suction is going to go up. Superheat is going to drop. Subcooling is going to go up, and amps are going to go up. So we're overcharging the system. That means there's too much refrigerant in there. There's too much pressure. So yeah, we're going to drive our head pressure up because we've overpressurized the system. Same with the suction. We've overpressurized the system. The suction will end up rising. Back in the day, about four or five years ago, we had a polar vortex here in the Toronto area and it caused a lot of problems. Like I was on a roof one night, um, pretty much all night, went home, got two hours of sleep and was back the next day because the chillers were having such a problem um, maintaining pressure or building pressure, trying to start up. So what we had to do was overcharge the chiller in these extreme weather conditions, overcharge them to get the pressures up high enough so they would run. So when you overcharge a system, both discharge and suction pressures will rise. The superheat is going to drop. 
the superheat drops because you've overcharged the system. There's too much pressure. The refrigerant and the evaporator doesn't have a chance to fully boil off. If it doesn't have a chance to fully boil off, then we don't have the added heat. That added heat is the superheat. So that's why the superheat drops off is because the original um, liquid to gas mixture, if that liquid can't fully boil off, then guess what? We're not going to have any superheat. So overcharging a system, yeah, you can flood a compressor. I've seen it many times. If you're charging up, like for instance, a scroll compressor and the whole body of the compressor is sweating, most likely it's, it's got liquid in it. A scroll compressor normally running, what I find is just, this is, this is just like a um, anecdotal, but you put your hand on the top of the scroll, it is smoking hot. You put your hand where the suction line enters, yes, it's going to be cold there, maybe a little bit of sweating going on, but the rest of the body will be maybe around the temperature of your hand or slightly warmer, depending on the conditions it's running in. Okay, that's just kind of a rule of thumb. So you overcharge a system... Your superheat goes down and you could potentially flood the compressor. The subcooling will go up. The subcooling will go up. So you'll have more subcooling because what you're doing is you're basically stacking more liquid because you've overpressurized, right? Um, the metering device can't get the liquid through fast enough. So it's stacking up in the condenser. As it stacks up in the condenser, that condenser fan continues to run and it cools down um, that liquid a little bit more. So you get more subcooling out of it. Um, the amps are going to go up because you're driving more liquid back to that compressor, potentially more, more gas, basically more load back to that compressor that, that it needs to pump. So your amperage will go up. So that is overcharge, discharge up, suction up, subcooling up, superheat down amperage up okay um, you might have to go back and replay that I know it's a lot of information in, in a couple of minutes but go back and replay it as many times as you need to we're gonna move on to undercharged all right so if a system is undercharged let's go through the five points here discharge down suction down and when I say down down from normally running normal operation so discharge down suction down superheat up subcooling down, amperage down. So undercharge under undercharge system. So now it's the opposite of overcharged. We haven't put enough gas into the system. So if we haven't put enough gas into the system, it's going to run at lower pressures, right? And a lot of people get undercharged and liquid line restriction confused. And there's there's a significant difference that you guys are going to have to pay attention to. Because a lot of people, they, they see a restricted um, dryer situation, but they think it's an undercharge and they start firing gas into it. But you can determine that by checking superheat and subcooling. That's why it's so important. So we're going to talk about this undercharge thing for a minute. So discharge and suction are down because there is less pressure in the system than there is supposed to be. Superheat going up. So we are not getting enough gas into the evaporator. We're starving the evaporator. So the liquid is going to boil off. I just got a notification on my phone there, guys. The, the liquid is boiling off. It's boiling off quickly because we don't have enough of it in there. So the rest of the heat it absorbs 
is going to be superheat. So if that liquid boils off in the first 20 to 30% of the evaporator, the next 80 to 70% of the evaporator is absorbing heat still. Past saturation, that's, that's considered superheat. So because there's not enough gas in the system, we're starving the evaporator. The, the, the liquid boils off quickly. The rest of the heat it, that it absorbs is superheat. So that's why our superheat increases with a low charge situation. Okay, our subcooling is going to drop off. We're not going to have as much subcooling as, as we should. And the reason being is because the TX valve, this is a T, like, we're going to talk about it in, in the sense of a TX valve, okay? Um, the TX valve has a bulb, right? That bulb, when it warms up, it opens up that valve more and tries to feed more refrigerant. That is the opening force on the TX valve is the bulb. So because we have that extra superheat, that suction line is warmer, that bulb is going to warm up, the TX valve is going to open up fully, and we're going to feed, we're going to start feeding tons of gas through there to try to keep up with the demand. But because there's not enough gas, we can't. So because the TX valve is fully open, that liquid does not have a chance to stack up in the condenser and get cooled. Right? So that's why the subcooling drops off in an under undercharge situation. Amp draw. Amp draw drops off. Complete opposite of overcharge. We have less we have less load on, on the compressor because there's not enough gas in there, not enough refrigerant in there. So because there's less load on the compressor, the amperage also drops off. Okay, so I want to talk about something real quick. I've owned a Supco M500 for years, years and years and years and years. And I've found a way to use it that is kind of uncommon from the way that many people use a Megger. Now, on a recent post, I've had to tell people the way I use it because everybody assumes that that tool is just for checking winding resistance of a motor compressor um, whatever, or checking the insulation of the winding, right? Checking the insulation value of the winding. Um, but I found another way to use it that comes in super, super handy. And people are saying it's a kid's toy. Well, here's the thing. If you want to check insulation of windings over time to check for deterioration, then you need a megger that shows you a value. Like it actually has a readout. This megger just has some lights and and values beside the lights but it doesn't actually give you the exact value what i use the mega for is is this if we have a system with blown fuses right and the fuser the fuses are replaced it gets reset and then it's fine can't find nothing wrong with a meter a week later, the fuses blow again, and this keeps happening. So I go in, and I'll, I'll take out my mega and go start at the, the, the terminal block. Terminal block of the system. Put one of the leads on one of the legs, one of the leads to ground, push it. If I get a bad reading, whatever those wires are going to, I'll remove the wires. Those are line-side wires. So I'll remove the line-side wires from from all the loads, the contactors, whatever are in there. And then I push it again. The bad, the bad light is gone. So what I do is I put 
them on one by one, the wires on one by one. And as I put the wires on, I push that button again. And then when I get the wire that gives me the bad, then I go to that component. That component could be, could have a, a carbon track back to the panel. Um, I've used this to find faulty wiring in, um, that was rubbing on BX that was intermittent. I've used it um, to find faulty crankcase heaters that were open, but when they blew, they left a track of carbon um, across to the compressor, and when there's moisture in the air, it pops a fuse or, or pops a breaker. This is the way I've used that tool, and it, it works fabulous for this kind of troubleshooting. So before you say it's a kid's toy and before you, you, you jump on my back, trust me, if you guys want to learn more about it, reach out to me and I will tell you more. Um, there's a video that I'll actually post in the podcast notes here on, on uh, the troubleshooting process I use to find a, a crankcase heater. So anyway, you, may, you guys may have seen the repair that myself and my coworker made. Um, this is the way I've always liked to fix conden uh, condensing units that have leaks at the tube sheet on the condenser. Now, he came with me. I set him up. I said, okay, I want you to cut the coil away. I want you to cut the piping. We're not going to put a, a blob of silphos on the leak because that's not the right way to do it. We need to replace that piece of pipe, right? So he cut all the, the condenser out, cut the pipes out, and used um, my Navac uh, swaging kit and made some nice swages and, and put the pipes back in as, as a field repair to get this thing going again. Because this thing's notorious for leaks. It's got hairline cracks um, once in a while on the tube sheet. And what we did is we threw, threw in some AC Smart Seal to prevent any future hairline cracks. We, we quoted out a brand new condensing unit because of the trouble this thing's had with leaks. But it's, it's critical. It does a, a small clean room in a facility that's used for process and it needed to be up and running. So that's what we did. Uh, True Tech Tools code, guys, you know that the code is 8%. Um, there was a record breaking usage um, last month of the code, which makes me happy because that means people are saving on tools. 8% with promo code KNOWITALL. And I think it might be this online world that we're in now with COVID. People are going to buy things less physically and ordering more things online, which is sort of understandable in the situation we're in. So guys, True Tech Tools, the code is know-it-all. Um, save 8% on your tools. I gave away a YJ digital torque wrench. The thing is phenomenal. If you're doing, if you're doing anything that has to do with flares and you want to torque them to spec, this is the tool for you because that's what it's intended for. You set the torque value in the digital um, tool and then when you tighten it and you get to that torque, there's an alarm that tells you you're at that point. Pretty cool. And we use Nylog too on that. <laughs> Just throw that in there. Um, Dan Foss Ref Tools app. Fabulous app. The refrigerant slider is probably one of my favorite in there, but there's five apps in one. If you haven't downloaded it, it's 100% free. And it's got a lot of tools in there for you guys to utilize. So let's get back to this troubleshooting podcast here. Okay, restriction. A lot of people get confused on this one. Like I was saying, some people confuse restriction with an undercharge situation because some of the, the characteristics are the same, but there's one distinct difference we're going to get to. So as we move through 
the readings here. This charge is going to drop. Suction is going to drop. Superheat is going to go up. And this is the, the, the distinct difference. Subcooling will go up. So undercharge subcooling goes down. Liquid line restriction, the subcooling goes up. That is the only difference between the two. And that's why it's super important to check these things. And then your amperage will go down. So that is the same as, as an undercharge situation. Now let me, let me go through this. A lot of people think that the discharge should go up when there's a restriction. Now, I have seen this happen before, but it's not common. If the condenser slash receiver or a combination of both is sized correctly for the refrigerant charge, when you have a, a liquid line dryer plug, the discharge will go down. All right, because you, the, the system is designed to hold that gas right? That's being pumped. It's just like a pump down system. If you ever work on a pump down system that has a solenoid close, the system starts to pump down. You will watch your suction drop and then you will watch your discharge drop. All right. I have seen it the other way where the discharge has gone up and the system has gone off on a high head instantly. And this was an instance where it was a water cooled condenser that was not big enough to hold the entire charge of the system it also had a little small receiver on it too because the manufacturer was obviously trying to alleviate this problem of an undersized condenser, but it still wasn't enough. It wasn't enough capacity to hold all the, the refrigerant. So that was a design issue. If a system is designed correctly, which most of them are, as far as the condenser sizing, your discharge line pressure will drop, okay? The suction obviously drops is because we're, we're starving the evaporator because we have less gas getting to it. All right. Our superheat is going to go up. Okay. Again, we're starving the evaporator. So because we're starving the evaporator, the liquid in, in that evaporator is going to boil off real quick. The remaining heat absorbed is superheat. And we're going to have a lot of remaining heat absorbed because we're starving the evap. So the superheat is going to go up. Subcooling is going to go up. This is the difference between undercharged and a liquid line restriction. Subcooling will go up because we are stacking liquid again. We are stacking liquid in the condenser. When you stack liquid in the condenser, the condenser is big enough to hold um, the charge. It's going to sit there and be cooled constantly by the fan. And that's why your subcooling goes up because we're stacking that liquid up. The amperage will go down. Well, there's less load on the compressor. We've starved out of that. There's no, there's no gas coming back to be pumped, right? So if there's no gas coming back to be pumped, we have put less load on that compressor. Less load on the compressor equals less amperage. So I hope that kind of clears up something for you guys as, as far as... Um, the difference between undercharged and liquid line restriction and the fact that liquid line restrictions, the discharge actually does drop on a system that's sized correctly and is charged correctly. Um, that, that is the way it does happen. Trust me on that. And, and it's very uncommon to see it happen the other way. And it only happens that way if there's a sizing issue with the condenser slash receiver. Another one in the books. I hope that was something you guys took away from. I hope you learned from that. 
because this stuff does get confusing. It certainly does get confusing. And knowing this, studying this, and knowing it like the back of your hand is is something that you should you should be um, striving for, right? I mean, if somebody calls you up, you're a tech and an apprentice, your buddy or whatever calls you up and says, hey, I got a problem with this unit. What is a superheating? What is a subcooling? What is your discharge? What is your suction? What are your amps? Ask them those questions. If they don't have those those for you, they're not doing their due diligence and they shouldn't be calling you till they get them. So tell your apprentices and whoever's calling you, give me these readings first and then I'll help you because I can't tell what's going on on your site without this stuff, right? And keep in mind too that this this is all... This is all assuming that the power is correct, um, the airflow is correct, and all of that stuff. You need to check all that stuff first, and then you get to this, and then you go through your troubleshooting process with, with, with these readings that you have and determine what the problem is, right? Power first, airflow second, then you can check all of this stuff. All right, guys, so I hope you enjoyed that. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.